Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Good morning, everyone, and thanks so much for popping back in to join us as we live in grief. Our guest today is going to provide so much interest for you on a great topic. It's quite a specific topic. However, that shouldn't deter anyone from listening because it's still great information, whether for you personally or for someone you care about, like maybe a parent or a grandparent or something. So let's get started. With me today is Stacy Francis. Stacy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be here, Kathy. Thank you. Great. Before we get started on our main topic, would you just give our listeners a little bit of your background, please? Yeah, no, I um, never expected to become a financial advisor. As a little girl, I hadn't, you know, I didn't think numbers would become my my everyday. In fact, I was afraid of of, of math. Um, but I had an experience uh, very early on where I realized my grandmother was being abused. And unfortunately, it's something that continued through their entire marriage, and it um, ended up being deadly for her. She ended up passing away because of the abuse. And as a little girl growing up, uh, becoming a teenage woman, becoming a young adult, I realized how important finances were because she shared, she stayed because she felt financially trapped. And so with that, I dedicated my life to helping particularly women. And I launched a beautiful charity 21 years ago called Savvy Ladies, SavvyLadies.org. We work with thousands and thousands of women, helping them get on top of their finances and achieve financial security. And then the year after, 20 years ago, I started Francis Financial. um, And we work with women who are dealing with trauma, having lost a spouse, uh, having gone through a divorce. And these are times when, you know, the decisions you make can put you on a path to long-term financial security or not. And so that's my mission um, to to particularly help women, whatever, whether they have no money in their pockets and, and need the services of Savvy Ladies, or they're quite wealthy and, and need the services of Francis Financial. Um, it's the best uh, best thing I could ever do with my life. And it makes me so happy. Well, kudos to you, not only for bringing the power of women to the financial arena, and also for having an option, recognizing that not everyone has the ability to engage with a financial analyst. So I, I popped over quickly to Savvy Ladies, and I thought to myself, oh, how I wish I had known about this organization and about this website, because there's such great information there. So I applaud you for that. Today, we kind of wanted to narrow down our niche a little bit and talk specifically about financial matters for widows. Now, we all know that grief, I don't care whether it's anticipated or after a trauma, or simply because someone ages out and gets to the end of their life or endures a chronic illness. But being in that state of grief, and then suddenly, and I mean very suddenly, because you can't wait on some of these issues, to have to figure out all of the financial pieces is so overwhelming. So what can you offer women as far as 
if it's after the loss, for example, let's take that instance right now, after the loss, where does someone start? Whether it's a widow or widower, because if your partner was the one that, for example, paid all the bills and knew everything about the expenses and bank account, here you are all of a sudden not knowing where to start. Where do you start? What do you do? Yeah, so um, it's a great, great question, Kathy. And I actually wrote a book called um, A Guide for Navigating Widowhood for women who have um, gone through the death of their spouse to help them to make sure that they're making good decisions. And um, it takes you through everything from what to do one week after, one month, six months, a year, two years. Um, what we know in talking to our clients, and we've worked with hundreds of, of women in this situation, is that this time is filled with unbelievable grief. We're not feeling our best. It's very hard to retain and remember and and be able to make good decisions. And yet, we're faced with a tsunami of financial decisions that all feel very time sensitive. And so what our goal is to help women feel more confident about not only the decisions they need to make, but when they need to make them, because it doesn't have to be all done at once. And so we've put together in that guide uh, a time frame and then resources as well to help you to be able to do this either on your own or what I think is even the better choice is to build a team, right? And to have that team there to help navigate and essentially blaze that path for you. And, and I say this in particular, particularly if, if you haven't been in charge of the finances as much as you wish you uh, had been. Um, and you can get this right on our website, www.francisfinancial.com. There's no fee. This is this is my gift in trying to make a difference and, and really honor the memory of my grandmother. She would have wanted every woman out there to have this knowledge because she didn't. And it vastly impacted her life, as we saw, in a real negative way. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I downloaded that resource guide. And I have to say, and I will say, to every single listener out there, regardless of where you are in your grief journey, regardless of where you are, download the resource guide, make it available to those people that you know that have not reached that point where you are. Maybe you've gone through this already, like I have. I've done all that. And it was daunting, even though I was the one that paid the bills. It was still daunting because my husband's name was on everything. And you have to go through the notifications and everything else. And in all honesty, it's been about almost four and a half years since my husband's been gone. There are still accounts that have his name on them because I can't get them to take him off. Yeah. The, you know, whether it's clerical error or what, yeah. I don't know. But it, but it, it's horrible. But the resource guide is wonderful. It's very comprehensive. There's worksheets in there. It, everybody ha must have this resource guide. I can't emphasize that enough. Thank you. I really appreciate it. A lot of love and love and heart went into it. So thank you. Well, it, it shows. It shows. Um, you have actually kind of taken it a step further in that when you set up your business, you didn't just decide, I'm going to take care of this group of people, this very specific demographic. You went, you got yourself certified 
as a divorce financial analyst, and I would be the first to agree that there are some common threads with grief after a divorce and grief after a death. They're not identical, but there are some very common threads. Then you also became certified as a grief recovery specialist. So not only do you have the financial component down, you also have a very, very in-depth understanding of what happens and what is needed at this point in someone's life. And then you even went beyond that and became certified in estates and trusts. So I think I have seen somewhere that you actually are one of the top financial advisors in the country. Yeah. Yeah. So kudos to you. you. Uh, And again, thank you for this niche. Now, I mentioned briefly commonalities between divorce and death. What are some of those common threads? You know, there are so, so many common threads. And, um, you know, what, what I think is really important is to recognize that a big common thread is, is grief. Um, and that w- whatever that, that relationship ending, there, there is a loss. Even if you were the person that decided this marriage was not right for you and that um, it was not a healthy place for you to be, there's still uh, very much a grieving And so when we're working with women going through the divorce process, we see a lot of the similar struggles uh, as women whose husbands have passed away, you know, what we call brain fog. Um, That that is true in in both cases, Um, feeling of overwhelm. And um, particularly for those women who are not as much in the what we call financial driver's seat of their marriage, um, almost feeling like you're drinking out of a fire hose, trying to get your your head around all the minutia and data with with finances. Because whether you are a widow or you <clears throat> are divorced, there are three main things that you must know and must act on to be financially secure long term. And that's so important for women because the largest population of women living over age 65 in, in poverty are divorced women. The second largest population of women over age 65 living in poverty are widowed women. Okay, so these are not good things for us, and those numbers have only gotten worse. The number one thing you need to know is what your expenses are. And it's not easy because... When you look at what you're spending, often we underestimate. In fact, 9 out of 10 people underestimate what we spend anywhere from underestimating by 20% to 40%. And so if you're not doing a real depth, in-depth analysis of what the spending is, you're going to get it wrong. So that's the number one thing to, to understand what are your outflows. What are your outflows? The number two thing is understanding what your inflows are. That's usually a little easier. It might be income, it might be social security, it could be a pension, um, you know, uh, um, minimum required distributions from a 401k, rental income, a side business, W-2 income. That's a little easier, but understanding what that looks like and then also how is that going to change now that you're a widow or now that you're divorced? That's number two. And the third most important is understanding your entire financial picture, the assets and the liabilities. A lot of individuals, we we don't exactly know what we have saved. 
we can figure out the value of our home. Um, we're usually pretty darn good on that. And we pretty much usually know what the mortgage outstanding is at, on that. But um, often we don't have as clear a picture of what we have in our brokerage account, in our retirement account, if we have a pension that's going to be paying out at a future date in the future. Um, and so get very clear and do what we call a statement of net worth. And there's a great uh, worksheet in that guidebook that's going to help you. It's going to help you with those expenses. It's also going to help you with those assets and those liabilities because you can't make good decisions unless you have all the information in front of you, you know? Oh, that statement bears repeating, Stacy. You can't make good decisions unless you have accurate information. Very, very true. And I agree that that worksheet in your resource guide is amazing because it even mentions like for under expenses, it mentions something like pest control. I mean, <laughs> I just paid my I pest control yeah, bill. Hate it's bugs. expensive. <laughs> it, it, exactly. But it's not something if you think of expenses, you think of groceries, you think of the light bill, the maybe cable and everything. You're not going to think about pest control. That's how comprehensive this worksheet is, everyone. Now, you mentioned a lot of words and brain fog, and when you mention some of these words, I want to say, oh, my gosh, no, 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 what is that, what is that? There are terms and phrases that make it difficult and everything. So let's break it down pretty, pretty simple initially. You have lost a spouse. Let's be very specific. You've lost your spouse or partner. You were not the one that paid the bills, nor really knew what the balance is in the bank account. Maybe you're not even sure what banks, where you had money. What is the very first thing you need to do? Yeah, it, it, the very first thing that you need to do is, is to become a little bit of a Sherlock Holmes and start to discover all of that. There are some really good, uh, what I call shortcuts Number one, mail that comes in. Which institutions is that mail coming in from? And if you're getting a credit card from uh, Chase Manhattan or First Republic or Key Bank, most likely there is another account there. There's a checking and a savings account. There might even be a brokerage or retirement account. So the first piece is, you know, look at what mail's coming in the, the door. Number two, go to your in computer and look at what the search history has been. Go back as long as you can, see what websites have been visited, because often people go to look at that either on their cell phone, you can look, or uh, their browser on their, their laptop, their computer, to see which institutions. That's going to also alert you to where that information is. And you can go and give them a call and give them a death certificate, say that I'm you know investigating um, if we have money here. And then the other thing um, that you can do is you can reach out to the employer. So if your spouse was employed, that HR department's going to help you with all of the accounts that they have there, their 401k, maybe they have a pension account. Often they have a stock for that employer. Um, it could be stock stock options or restricted stock units, which are all fancy things to just say it's more money that you need to know about. And in addition, that HR personnel is going to help you understand if you're entitled to any 
life insurance that they held through the company or any other type of accidental death and dismemberment insurance that you're, you're able to collect on. Um, you know, these are all things to help, uh, essentially just to help paint that picture of all of the dollar signs that you have as a positive to your name and then also the negatives, any, any debts that are outstanding, that will be very helpful for you. That, that's great information. And, and I'm going to say something very simple, which to some may sound pretty callous, but let me follow it with a personal story. Play the grief card, everyone. Play the grief card. If you call someone looking for information, let them know why you're looking for the information. Let them know that you are suffering from a loss, that you are grieving, that you need some help. So play the grief card. After my husband died, I had to call many places. One, I was trying to find out. I was not even aware that he had an insurance policy with a company he used to work for. I did not know that. I discovered it with a phone call and by playing that grief card. When I told them that my husband had died and I was going through all the paperwork, trying to better understand what I needed to do, who I needed to notify and everything, they very, very graciously said to me, let us help you. And not only did they help me better understand what That's his amazing. retirement looked like, they also let me know that I was entitled to a $15,000 insurance benefit from a policy I never even knew he had. What a gift that was. So callous though it may sound, play the grief card. Yeah, and, and most people want to help you. And you just need to tell them how to help. Exactly. You know, and they're, they're happy to help and they feel better for helping. But you have to let them know why you're calling. Make sure you have copies of the death certificate available that you may need to send them, show them, fax them, whatever. Uh, sometimes they require that. Sometimes just the information is, is enough. It's very dependent. You mentioned earlier, Stacy, that there are some things you don't have to do right away. What can you push off? So definitely pushing off big decisions, um, you know, such as selling the house. Um, a lot of people will say this house is too big for me. Um, it's too expensive. I want to move closer to my daughter or my son. Give yourself some space because those are very difficult decisions to undo once they have actually been made. And so give your time, self space for that. Um, I've also had individuals share that I'm just going to retire. This is too much for me. Um, I can't function at work. Again, give yourself some space. You may not need to work financially, but you may need to work long term for yourself emotionally. So give yourself space. And if you need to take vacation, if you need to have a leave of absence, then do that. Also, Make sure that you make good decisions about the money you have. Um, they call it a windfall, and I feel like that's such a bad word because this is your money. But some some women, when they receive all of this money now in their, their name, it can be very overwhelming. And I've talked to some women who have made very, very quick decisions about what to do with it. One of those women used it to buy a vacation home next to her brother's vacation home. 
and did that the two months after her husband died, which it made a lot of sense. The cousins could be together. Well, it turns out when she came to me and we did her full financial plan, she cannot afford that home. She now needs to go back to work faster and to earn more. So give yourself time, whether it's a big decision about where you move, whether it's leaving your job or going back to work, and also what you use that life insurance money or that those other assets. Give yourself a, a good a good six months, a good six months just to to try and heal. Um, you know, I, I have not lost a spouse. I lost my mother. That was traumatic. My grandmother, we, we all have these traumas and we also know that we weren't at our best. You know, whatever the loss is, we're not at our best. Right. Wise words, wise words. And also earlier, you mentioned perhaps as you go through some of this discovery and uh, analyzing, if you will, and then figuring things out, you can have a team. Talk more about that. Who do you who do you approach for your team? Do you just say all these people that say to you, "Let me know if I can help"? Do you say, "Yeah, come help me with my finances"? What are your suggestions for a team? Yeah, no, I'm I'm really I'm really glad that you brought that up, Kathy, because um, the women that I see succeed are those that have a team, and you may already have team members, so you may have a financial advisor that that you trust. Um, which, if you do, kudos, kudos, and you stay by their side. However, um, we do find that 80% of women um, whose husbands have died, they, they leave that advisor within a year. And it's usually because that relationship was more so with her husband, less with her. So how do you find a financial advisor? Best way to do it is to, to reach out to someone, a friend of yours, who you think is very savvy and say, you know, can, can you recommend someone to me? Um, do they have an expertise of working with women who are widows or women who are divorced? And, and go from there. That's a great way to start. That's a great way to start. And often women will reach out to us. And um, you can go right on our website, www.francisfinancial.com. Sign up. We can um, chat for a little bit to see if we're a good fit. If not, I know over 150, fi- 150 financial advisors around the country to work at all different ways that have unique expertise. So that's the number one person. Get that financial advisor that you trust to help you. Number two, you need to make sure you have a great lawyer, your estate planning attorney. It could be the attorney that drafted the will, but for most people, that will was drafted 10, 20, even 30 years ago. So reach out to a friend, um, ideally a friend who has gone through the loss or um, death of, of her spouse as well, and ask, who have you used? to help you settle the estate, answer all those questions, the legal questions that you're going to have as well. And the third one, and it's something that we don't talk about, we don't talk about enough, but you have to have someone helping you with supporting you. In fact, so many of our clients feel like they actually don't have time to grieve or space because they're supporting their children who are going through a loss or grandchildren or friends and you're feeling like you're holding all these people up and helping them with their loss. And then here you are, this empty shell, nothing left to give. And so whether that is a grief coach, that is a therapist that specializes in grief, that is a must as well. You need someone for you to talk to. Very much so. 
That's great. I initially had an entirely different perspective about team, but yours makes so much more sense. It really does. I want to spend a minute talking about losing someone in your life who was a veteran. I had to deal with the VA. That's a whole oh my other, gosh. I, our listeners, you can't see the expression on her face, but the expression on Stacy's face just said it all. The VA is very yeah. challenging. So I know, but tell our listeners, what is the most important thing to have when you're dealing with the VA? Yeah, no, I feel like it should be called, um, instead of V-A-V-C, um, very challenging. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, my, my, uh, my father is a veteran and, and I worked with him to, to receive disability benefits and it was a multi-year process. Most important thing for you to do, and this is all in the guidebook too, to come prepared with the information you need. So, you know, the honorable discharge papers when they served and also if they have any current benefits right now, so that when you go and you call them or you visit your local office, sometimes going in person can be a little um, easier, that you are able to provide the information that they need. And there's there's a list there. Um, through the VA, you can be qualified for continued benefits um, as a widow of a veteran. You can also be entitled to benefits for burial and for ongoing um, upkeep and maintenance of, of the grave site, um, which I know for many people don't feel like is a, a, a really substantial piece, but it actually can be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So there are a lot of benefits there for you. And it's really important for you to um, understand those benefits. What I would say in dealing with the VA is if you have a friend that can go with you, you know, it's the same thing as when you're going in for a medical diagnosis, it's better to have another set of ears to hear that and the recommendations. I would say for this too, because it's typically not very straightforward. And um, having another set of ears to help you and support you um, with those next steps to go through the process of working with the VA would be really helpful. Did you did you have anyone to help you or did you do it on your own, Kathy? I did. I, I did. And that, I was just going to share that. For, first of all, the, the honorable discharge paperwork she mentioned, the, the VA's term is DD-214. And that is yeah. critical. If you don't have a copy of that, you're not going to get any anywhere. You can get a copy of that, and the, it's mentioned in the resource guide who to contact for that. Many communities have a person called a veteran service officer. They are independent of the VA, but they are trained and well-versed in all of the issues with the VA, and they will act on your behalf. They will complete paperwork, they will submit paperwork, they will follow up on paperwork, they will explain things to you in minute detail. These VSOs, or Veteran Service Officers, are golden. So, I strongly encourage you, if you need to work with the VA, try to find out if there's a Veteran Service Officer in your area. And the best way to find out is to contact your local VFW, American Legion, any veterans organization will know. They will know if there's a veteran service officer in your area. I cannot say enough about these individuals. I cannot praise them enough. They will find benefits that you never even knew were possible. Because of my VSO, I was able to apply for appeal because first the VA came back and said, no, uh-uh, 
your husband did not die of an Agent Orange-related disease. My VSO was able to fight that for me with a copy of the death certificate that clearly stated Agent Orange involvement. And because of the VSO, we were successful in getting that overturned so that I now get a stipend every month because of my husband's service and the brain tumor that he died from was determined to be Agent Orange connected due to his service. So I get over a thousand dollars a month, everyone, because of that VSO. So again, if you have to deal with the VA, try to find a VSO. Yeah. You know, and, and for, for everyone out there listening, you know, $1,000 a month, when you look over your lifetime, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Absolutely. Right? It, makes, it makes the entire difference on how I can live. Because really, it, yeah. it, double, it doubles my Social Security, if you think about it. It has yeah. pretty much almost doubled my income. And I am so, so grateful for that. Okay. I have to, in every podcast, I ask what I call a toddler question because it is asked out of pure innocence. So I must ask you, Stacy, as the financial advisor, there are numerous apps out there for our phone, Credit Karma, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that will help people restore their credit. Is that a good solution for someone who's suffering grief? So... What I would have you do is get a copy of your own credit score, and you can do that without having any of those apps. Um, you can just go to annualcreditreport.com. That's actually through the government, and it doesn't hurt your credit score to get your report. This is a, a really important step in that part that we talked about of figuring out what those assets and those liabilities are. So you can see not only um, your credit score on, on that, but you can also see what outstanding um, debts and and sometimes we see that there are debts in your name that actually shouldn't shouldn't be in your name. So it's it's a really helpful thing to do, and particularly um, we do find that women are targets of fraudsters after their spouse has passed. Um, we also see that their spouse, even um, you know after they have passed, can, their identity can be taken. So getting a copy of your credit report is key. Ideally, also sending away for his credit report. Again, annualcreditreport.com. Um, you know, improving your credit score, that's one of the six months plus, right? Not something you have to do right now. You need to know what liabilities you have, but improving the credit score is something that you can do later on. It's not a, a number one thing. The app that I love most, and um, our clients have a kind of a Lamborghini souped up version of this that we have that's that's customized for them. But for those people who, who aren't clients, something very similar that I love is called Mint.com. Um, it's a free resource. You can connect it to your bank accounts, checking accounts, credit card accounts, and it, it tracks your spending. It's really helpful and it even categorizes it so that you can see what the spending is so you know what, what dollars are going out. It also will track the dollars coming in. And the third thing it will track is what we talked before. You can connect it to your brokerage account, your IRAs, your retirement accounts, your mortgages, your credit cards, so you can see your assets and also your liabilities. Now, the one thing it won't do 
which in my opinion is a good thing, is you can't use it to pay your bills. So essentially what it is, Kathy, is it's just kind of a screen scrape, um, getting and gathering this data. And the reason why you don't want to be able to pay your bills using this app is that is God forbid if someone got your password and then could gain access to every single one of your accounts. So if they, God forbid, did get your password, they can see your accounts, um, what's in there, but they can't gain access to it. They can't get the logins or the account numbers or things like that. So it's really helpful. And I was talking to Jean Chatsky, who's a another financial guru. She's written now 12 books um, in total, and she's the Today Show correspondent on um, financial advice. And I asked her, you know, what is your thought about using a Mint or an online? And she said, those people who use an online program tend to be much better at picking up if someone has stolen their identity and to be able to do something about it versus those that shy away, that it often takes a lot longer for them to pick up and then much more damage has been done. So I know there can be a little hesitation towards using some of these online resources, but um, we've had great, great uh, experience so far. Especially with mint.com. That's very helpful. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, our time is winding down. But before I wrap up, I want to turn the mic over to you, Stacy, so that you can speak directly to our listeners. Let them know again your website, everything. Um, just, just speak freely to them without me guiding you with questions. Go ahead. Well, I, I just want to say um, I'm sure that you can tell, and, and for all you listeners, um, I'm absolutely passionate about this and helping women wherever you are financially. The women we work with at Francis Financial typically have about $2 million or more um, that we manage for them. It's www.francisfinancial.com, and we're the place to go if you're going through a divorce or after a divorce or your, your spouse is uh, terminally ill or has passed away. Um, but there are also so many women that that don't fit that you know that large number and above, and and that's where savvy ladies can help. Um, we have the country's only free financial helpline. We have 150 financial uh, financial experts, certified financial advisors that we match one on one with women. And to date, um, and just in the last six months, we've already matched a thousand women. And so any financial questions that you have, um, this is your power partner to help you. And it's all pro bono. Um, in addition, there are hundreds of TED Talk-like videos on every financial question you might have, as well as live events that you can log into from anywhere in the world. So, you know, whatever you need, there is a resource for you. And I understand that it's overwhelming, but just take baby steps. Just take little baby steps, like we, in getting our physical health back together after a surgery, you take baby steps. That's what I'm asking you to do, is just take baby steps and use these resources, because the investment is an investment in you, and it's an investment in your future, and you know that you deserve it. Your kids want you to have that secure future, and you bet that your spouse wants you to as well. That's great. Thank you again so much, Stacy, for being here today and for sharing a lot of this information. It's vital, and I'm sure it is going to help a lot of people. And also, SavvyLadies.org. Why isn't this more well-known? I, I know. You know, it really. We're you, working you on have, it. <laughs> you have a solution regardless of your ability to pay or to 
engage with someone, there there is a resource. So go to Stacy's website. All that information, as always, will be in our episode notes and also on our website. And as always, if for some reason you can't reach Stacy, reach out to us and we will connect you. So for today, we have to say goodbye again. We hope everyone will join us next week. Remember self-care. We always, always preach for self-care. And part of self-care is your financial situation. Baby steps, as Stacy says. Everybody, stay well, take care, and we'll see you again next time as we all continue to live in grief. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.